are back uh, in our new room. Love this space. Space, I can't place, space, place. <laughs> Either way, love it. Yeah, man. Yeah, I like it. I like it as much as I liked um, having our first episode in here with uh, a longtime friend of mine, Timmy Natali. Uh, what'd you think? What'd you think? Obviously, I can go in depth about it. I have a very different relationship with him, but I'm curious to see what your thoughts were. Yeah, you, dude. Tragedy is what comes to mind. Tragedy, yeah. but filled with a lot of hope. Um, he's just he's got a very inspiring story because you think it like you think in times of of times of despair when obviously he was at rock bottom and he you know found a way to persevere which was really cool um i can only imagine just trying to be uh compassionate in his situation is it's hard to put myself into that because i know where he's coming from when he's like i found my niche i found something that i i like doing i found my passion it's the military i you know i could see myself doing this for the long haul i'm sure he had those aspirations to climb you know climb the ranks and everything um and then all of a sudden just life just smacks him in the face you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. the bottom falls out yeah exactly quite literally yeah um and then dude reality sets in i mean he was in a dark place i mean it's cool to see like you hear a lot of these other other people's stories and not saying anybody is on a pedestal or anything, but, um, you know, you surf YouTube and you see a lot of those different inspirational, you know, David Goggins, for example, mm-hmm. and you hear his story. Well, this is, you know, he's in our hometown, just in our backyard and he's, mm-hmm. his story is amazing. Mm-hmm. So it gives me a lot of inspiration, motivation. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously you had a very, very different relationship with him. You grew up with, you know, their family and his dad was very influential on you. Mm-hmm. And just hearing, hearing, uh, Timmy talk about his dad, I'm like, dude, like Dominic says a lot of these things on the day to day. Like that's where he gets it from, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. He was a very influential individual and in not just my life, but like, I would argue everybody that was on that team, um, some have passed since. And he's done how long? He coached um, how long? 17 years That's he coached crazy. from CYO. Yeah. Which is like what is that, the Catholic Youth Organization or whatever it is in the Diocese of Cleveland, like all the Catholic schools, whatever. So we were at St. Rita Middle School out of Solon. <clears throat> and uh, my eighth, my seventh grade year is the first time that like I, I don't want to say met them, but like when I really met Mr. because of the fact and started getting to know him because I was around them every day in the fall. And then I realized like, holy crap, we live in the same neighborhood and we did for some time. So I was just very close with them. And then I ended up going to the same high school that Timmy and his younger brother, Dominic, did. So Timmy also has a younger brother, Dominic, who is our age, just a grade older. Um, so I was I drove to school with him every single day, him and his mom and stuff. So I was very close to their family, um, you know, for so many years. But yeah, his dad is a very intense individual, um, but extremely passionate about helping other people as well. Um He's not going to coddle you to pull the best out of you. He's going to be in your face to pull the best out of you. Wrangle it's just, it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little <laughs> bit different of a, uh, an approach, but, uh, man, he was just, he's just a powerful person. I can't really express it. I, I just, it's, it's very hard to explain, but he's just a very powerful individual. So I know he has ALS now, right? Mm-hmm. When, when was his last year for coaching? That's a great question. I want to say it was, gosh, I was still coaching at. I was coaching football when I was a sophomore at college at, at John Carroll for university school um, out of Hunting Valley um, on the east side over here. Uh, and 
there was a Sunday I was helping because they would host some games. There was a Sunday I was helping, and Timmy was the coach because the dad, Mr. Natalia, was sick. That was four, four and a, five years ago. I want to say so f- within four to five years ago was his last year, I want to say. I think Tim, I don't know if Timmy still does it. We never got into the coaching. Um, I don't think he does anymore. Uh, but he carried it on for a couple of years while his dad, like, literally couldn't, I mean, like, he, he couldn't get down to the sidelines and mm-hmm. stuff. So um, I want to say he stepped away from it. Uh, but he's, like, inducted into the CYO Hall of Fame and everything like that. He leads, like, a, a big group for, like, the ALS Foundation, um, you know, with where he's at as far as in uh, practicing law still. Like, he doesn't practice anymore, but he's mentoring a lot of people who are, like, still in it now. So he's just – that's just the kind of individual he was. Very, very passionate, very intense, but very passionate and intense about bringing the best out of people and helping others. So, Chris, remind our viewers again who it is we are and what we do. Hey guys, both Dominic and I are loan officers here at Liberty Home Mortgage. So if you or anyone you know is looking to purchase or refinance a home, please email us at the Elevate Clee podcast at gmail.com. Subject line, looking to purchase or refinance a home. Email's in the description. Talk about uh, the mental health aspect. I mean, yeah. he, he was talking a little bit about our generation, the millennial generation, mm-hmm. and how we experience such you know, the social pressure and everything. And you're, I talk to you about this all the time about the different, uh, I mean, we talk about my medic desire and everything like that, my medic theory, sure. but we also talk about a lot of those social pressures, how to combat those. Um, talk to me about that, man. Like, yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I liked where, I liked where the conversation was yesterday. Um, I think those it was probably one of my favorite conversations that we've had so far, just because it's more so geared to the stuff that I could passionately talk about for hours. I think it is very hard. There's a very, uh, there's a very tough, like, uh, I don't want to say dichotomy with it, but there's a very tough line that is drawn with everything that we have presented to us in our culture. Um, you have to play a role in it because it's the game you have to play to experience certain things, right? You need money. You need money in this life. You need money. You need to kind of, in, in order to do that, you kind of got to get caught up in the social construct of like, you know, going after goals, aspirations, earning more money, whatever this and that, like work, work, work. There's a fine line between that and like, how do you have a good balance with it? Because you need it. So you kind of got to be lost to it. But then like, you don't want to be if you realize that like, oh my gosh, this isn't everything that I want. Like I don't have the desires to go out there and be a multi-millionaire, billionaire, whatever this and that. But I also know that I need money to do certain things in my life, to travel, to see the place I want to see, to eat a certain way, to have a certain lifestyle. Uh, something that I think I've been battling with, and it's so funny that we kind of led into that conversation uh, and down that topic. Um, I think Timmy hit it right on the head with how like there definitely is the societal um, constructs that are placed on us. And that can be a lot, very hard on people like in our generation because that's all you see. That's a lot of the social media influencers are people you look up to who are driving Lamborghinis and Ferraris that are most likely just, yeah, they're most likely just rented mm-hmm. for that video only. Like mm-hmm. people think they actually own them and you and I see it firsthand that majority of people, like even the, the, the people that we talk to that are making $300,000 plus like the attorneys and the CPAs and like the doctors, the physicians, they just finance everything. I mean, they're driving $1,300 a month car payments, mm-hmm. right? So by the time you add everything in, you're spending like 15 to $1,600 a month to drive. They're maxed out on student loan debt that they'll never pay off going to the grave. So to me, it just makes me realize that like, one, our society, it kind of sucks for people in our age group and for our generation because that's what they have to look up to. 
not recognizing that there's actually figures out there. Like there's one guy, David Metzler, who I've come in touch with as far as not personally, but just like through podcasts and stuff that I am now clinging to as somebody who is a very, very successful individual in business and building an empire. But his message is how do you build an empire with leaving your ego out? And also ensuring that like you're going about it in a way where you're keeping a healthy balance for yourself and keeping yourself first place, because Mm -hmm. it is very easy in our society to get caught up. Like Tim was saying, and a lot of things that you don't actually want for yourself and you don't, and things that you think are just going to make you happy when in actuality you come to find that if you do end up accomplishing those things or acquiring it, it doesn't. Right? Yeah. So I, it, it is. I mean, I don't know how much if, or if I've even elaborated the way you wanted me to, but I just agree with what he was saying. And I think about that daily, how there's so many constructs that like we have to live up to in our world and you almost do have to play the game, but just always know that you're playing a game and you got to keep you first place and your balance in life because the stuff that you think you want to make yourself happier or to make yourself better or whatever you think it is, it's just an ego, ego gratification that really doesn't serve you in any yeah. way. You read uh, Ryan Holiday's uh, Ego is the Enemy. Then. I read that. Oh, you did read I th- it? I th- yeah, oh, the maybe red, we did it's a red book. No, it's a blue book. It's blue? Red is Obstacles the Way. Mm, I'm gonna, I'll send you... It's not that. Ego right is there. the Enemy. Yeah, it's a blue book. I want to say I did read that because you know who actually um, uh, like referred that over to me was Max. Max, Sh- Max Shotsky. Sh- yeah. 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 Guy we used to work with. So um, I want to say he, he, when he was still here, he told me to read that and I got it and I read it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you anything about it now, um, but I did read it. So it's just kind of going it. back to, uh, you know, obviously the, the whole title, the entire book is focused on the title. Like if you want to go far, you're going to have to do it with other people. You can't have it, this egocentric mindset yeah. on everything. Um, no, I mean, it's just a good book, just a good book to read. Yeah. Um, one other thing that Tim was talking about that I really that was that was pretty cool was when we were just talking about sports and everything and how like sports were able to that you helped mold him and everything because he was a very good athlete, right? Yeah, I mean he wasn't like you know he wasn't going and st- walking on at Toledo or Kent where he ended up going for school, but I mean like he was athletic. Mm-hmm. Tim was just like one of those kids who was just good at stuff that he picked up at. You know, he played baseball. He was good at soccer when he was super young. Yeah. Um, but those cliches that they were talking about, they're very, the reasons they're cliches is because they're true. And I hate saying cliches because they're just redundant, but it, they're, they're true things. And you learn a lot of those things throughout, you know, when, when, you know through your um, youth and high, you know, middle school, high school, college about those different things. Very, I mean, very simply like, Hey, you know, the soft skills, show up on time, stay late, you know, attitude, effort. A lot of those things are redundant, but they're very, they're almost very hard. They're easy to say. It's hard to grasp. It's hard to do, you know, but I think I like what he was saying. Like a lot of that stuff helped prepare him for the military Mm -hmm. and it helped prepare him for when he was, you know, back home in rehab and stuff too. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You mentioned something about, um, oh God, you just said it and I lost it. It was something he brought up that uh, oh, I wanted to elaborate on. Nonetheless, it'll come to me. But none, yeah, but he, uh, you know, there's, there's, even when he asked me that, it's so funny because as I was listening to you speak, and then he turned to me and he's like, hmm, that's funny. Like, what lessons have you learned throughout sports? Like, again, there were so many things that his dad, I can, I can visually remember very, very firmly in my mind, multiple occasions of certain things that stood out to me of his dad marching up and down the field, shouting certain things, you know, like he would, yeah. go, you know, he would like somebody would make a great play and he would be running out on the field. Like, amen, amen. I say to you, like, you are my hero. Dude, that was another thing he did too, man. Like the, I can almost cry. Like I literally could bring tears in my eye on how impactful the man was in my life and has been. 
he used to, at the end of, of some practices, once a week, he would get us all around. And before we would do like, it was CYO, so we would do like a closing prayer before practice ended. Um, he, he asked us, he would be like, in the group of everybody, be like, Chris, who's your hero? And you'd say, and he'd be like, you'd be like, my dad, why? Mm-hmm. Well, because he does boom, 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 this and this and that. Dominic, who's your hero? Oh, my hero's Tom Brady because he just goes out there and he performs every time and he doesn't get caught up in the nonsense. Mm-hmm. And then he would bring up this thing saying like how, look how each of you has a hero and you all have somebody that you look up to that you rely on. We have to be that for each other. Like we're a team. And like, dude, we really like, uh, kind of like a team where stack, odds were stacked against us. Like we ended up winning, going and winning like the city championship that year, which like, you know, looking back, and I know I told you I was my biggest accomplishment. I don't look at things in my life as like, oh my God, I accomplished this. This is such a big thing. But that was, it was one, it was probably a thing that if I were to say, hey, this is my biggest accomplishment, I would say that still because of how it happened and the person that led us through it. Winning the champ- city championship. Yeah, and now you look back on it, you're like, oh my God, it's eighth grade football. But to us at that time, it was so important. I mean, the man literally got but the feeling together is the, after. But the feeling that you have, and the reason yeah. I texted that to you was because when you truly felt like the odds were against you and you were, you were like the hero. And I, and I tell this to everybody, like, or I, I would tell this to everybody who's listening is think about a time that you, you felt like you were the underdog you, and then sure. you came out the hero and sure. you were just like, wow, this is amazing. Like yeah. how many times in your life have you felt that? And what ha- what did you do to end up getting to that moment? That's you right. know what I mean? And um, how many times can you repeat that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I always think that's just the cool thing. And and I love sports. Don't get me wrong. I, I do, I've been doing sports my entire life. But um, I don't just want to make it so sporty. Like, they're, like, at, like at BW, that we have the um, art conservatory. And I would see, you know, for, like, the arts and everything. And it's really funny because a lot of those, like, a lot of those students that were doing, like, you know, Broadway musicals and stuff like that, they're... I mean, maybe not physically strenuous, but they're putting in almost just as much work as we were. Mm -hmm. And it was, it's tough work. Mm -hmm. Like the way, I mean, obviously, you know, playing a piano or playing the trumpet or whatever you're playing, you know, if you're um, musically talented, just like it's in sports, it takes a lot of practice. Mm -hmm. And those same cliches parallel to one another all the time. Um, we just did sports, so it's easy for so us. So it's to say. it's easy yeah, to say, and I don't. But I don't ever want to just say like, oh, you know, sports are the is the end all be all. Because no, not at all. Someone who is trying to become multilingual has this has to put in the same amount of effort to mm-hmm. be to perfect that, mm-hmm. just as somebody wants to perfect being a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's the same thing. It's repetition. Um, you know, doing it for long periods of time. Doesn't matter what put you your do. put your ten thousand hours in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um so yeah. I, I again I just I, I just want to be make sure yeah. like that sports are a good it's good, obviously, that just because I can talk about it. Mm-hmm. But I never want to take anything away from anybody else because I know that a lot of people work hard and are not it's not the sports. one source to, to get lessons. Mm-hmm. It's not a it's not a end all be all. It's not. Exactly. 100%. I mean the same amount of discipline that you learn in up and coming in studio arts or in drawing or in art class or in going to drum lessons or trumpet lessons or whatever the hell it is you do, that same same discipline and everything applies. Mm-hmm. The same things apply. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, like you don't have it where you're putting your hand in the dirt, but who knows? Maybe you're missing a note in your chord or whatever it might be. You got to bounce back, 
right? Bounce back. I mean, there's lessons that apply in every single thing. Yeah, and I it's like practice. Yeah. You have to be able to practice. Yeah. And you need to, obviously, you need someone to coach you through it. Mm-hmm. But again, the same lessons apply. Like, you can't be egocentric thinking, hey, I, I'm really good at the guitar. I can play X, Y, and Z. You know, I'm, I'm able to do this, that, the other thing. Well, again, it's like, if you're not pushing yourself to do better and practice and do repetition after repetition, eventually other people are going to be better than you and you're just going to falter, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Just like it is with sports. Like you, obviously, if you are, you know, uh, you know, a wrestler and you're doing your wind sprints, you're lifting, but all of a sudden you think you're the best on the mat, eventually someone's going to catch up to you because you're not going to put as much hard work in, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It's very easy, I think, as you go on in life, and that's one thing I think is hard for people to maintain, but they don't even, I don't think a lot of people are recognizing of what that even is, of the inflated part of yourself that does inflate a little bit more as you acquire more, learn more, do more, see more, earn more. I think there is just like this implicit part of our ego that starts to associate that stuff to what it is our net worth is. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily our true value, right? Um, and I found that with myself, it was like, as you make these big paychecks in the mortgage industry, we certainly have the opportunity to do that. There were some times I have to check myself and it's not like I walk around thinking I'm better than it. Trust me. That's, that's not by any means. Um, I could truly say that about my, my inner self that I don't feel that towards any people or about myself, but there were times where I would be like, Oh wow. Like, damn, like making 20 grand a month, making 40 grand a month, like kind of, it kind of puts me up there. Like, I feel cool. Like I'm like some of the, you know, I'd be in the gym and I'm like, I wonder how many of these, like. 40 plus year old men around here make that. And I, and I myself <laughs> being like, dude, like who cares? Yeah. Who really cares? You know, like, Oh, I get, I have the, I could drive this. I could go travel anywhere if I wanted to like, yeah, okay. I can, but like, <laughs> what's it matter? Yeah. You know? So it's just, it's just like small checks for yourself. And I feel like it, it is scary for our society where there's not ma- there's not mainstream teachers out there that are teaching that that's not the route you want to go down because that's something that's only going to lead to a self-destruction of yourself. Right. Versus saying like, because obviously all the teachers are out there, Hey, go earn more, acquire more, get more debt, buy the Gucci belt, buy the flip flops, buy the, the, the car, (laughs) this and that, because at the end of the day, that's and post it on social media, post it on social media. That's right. Because if you don't post it on social media, then you don't have it. It never happened. Do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Ridiculous. But uh, I, for me, like I've learned just like, it's more of the money aside. I think it's more so like the overall and I, I like, I judge a person by their intelligence mm-hmm. and, and you can say intelligence by anything. Like Tim has a bunch of different experiences and I think that makes him more of an intelligent person. Whereas, you know, I'm someone out in, you know, the boonies who's only been living in a, you know, a box their whole entire life. I don't think they, I mean, they're, I don't know. I don't want to be assumptive. They don't have as many experiences Mm -hmm. as Tim, Mm -hmm. as he's been to many different countries. Mm -hmm. He's been able to, you know, learn stuff in the military, obviously like the aviation program he was Mm -hmm. with. Um, so what I do you put, mean a judge I, of it? Like, like I put a pedestal on people who are more intelligent. Okay. Okay. I don't okay. put a pedestal on your, on your net worth. Like, mm-hmm. dude, you make a million dollars a year. Like, I don't, that, that doesn't mean anything cool, to me. Cool. But what are your experiences? What do you do? What have yeah, you like, learned? What were your failures? Yeah. Like, like yeah. you can be an arrogant asshole and you make $5 million a, a year or a month or a day. And I don't like, that doesn't impress me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's certainly like monetarily impressive. Like I'm, I'm glad you're able to do that, but like, you know, 
what are your perspectives on life? You know, mm-hmm. how, well, what have you experienced that I haven't experienced? What can you yeah. teach me? Yeah. Obviously, other than just making money, like, okay, I could like YouTube that, but what were your experiences? Stuff like that. Sure. I put that stuff on a pedestal. I agree. I you agree know? with you because at the end of the day, it's, it's the character of an individual. It's not what it is that they have because there's, there's, you know, again, a cliche is like, you can't bring it with you when you die, but like, that is just an absolute fact. And I don't think we're judged in, in any fashion as to what it is we even did when we were here it's more so what our heart's intent was. So if you're that individual who you feel so inflated because you make that X amount of dollars per month or because you're in some X, you know, X position, a political position of power, let's say. It's all fluff. Over people, it's all fluff. Yeah, and that's why it's, it's, it's like, that's why one, I don't watch the news. Two, it's hard for me to pay attention to any of that stuff because I look at it now and, and it's like where people look at that as like, oh my God, it's these life or death decisions. It's so important, so important, excuse me. I look and I'm like, dude, these people are fake. It's so fake. Everything on the TV, it's so fake. It's fluffed up. It's scripted. Like American news real. or world news? Like, cause there's, I feel, I don't know if there's like a difference because there is propaganda that goes around mm-hmm. country to country. Whatever but I don't know. Like, I'm I just saying. Pop on and see. You're CNN, Fox News. MSNBC. But the Ameri- that's American media mm-hmm. too, which is very polarized. Yes. I personally speaking, like, if you want true perspective, I say, like, look at American news from a different country. Like Deutsche Welle, right? Like the like German German uh, world media. Um, look at what they're saying about the United States as an unbiased position because they don't actually they're not here they're not experiencing it. It's from a third party. You should see what they say. It is very interesting. We're probably like a laughing stock, to be honest with you, a, a decent amount of the time. I, you know, I feel sure. like a lot of other countries, I don't, I don't want to get into all that political, but I feel like sometimes with these headlines and things there, that come yeah. out, these other countries are like, golly, what, what the hell is going on? Over yeah. There? I mean, certainly there's stereotypes that are thrown around and there's assumptions, mm-hmm. but, um, but we're also making assumptions about other political parties too. We're doing it to ourselves. We're polarizing ourselves. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So all I'm saying is I don't know for you if it's like, Hey, you don't like watching the news because there's, you know, such propaganda that goes around and, you know, such, you know, talking behind each other's backs and stuff like that, you know, backstabbing whatnot between different parties. I don't know if that's like, because you don't like that or if it's like, I don't watch the news for that reason or because the news is negative or, or whatever. But personally, I don't like American news. I just watch like, like what's going on in the world, you know, like what's going on in Ukraine is very interesting. Right. And I do find that stuff interesting, but at the end of the day, I do know that that's all a game too. Because here's the deal. At the end of the day... A game within a game. It's a game within a game. That's right. Game it does not have to happen that way. Now, at the end of the day, like, I, I don't want to... My attitude isn't one where I'm, like, fluffing off saying, oh, well, like, I'm just looking at everything good in life. That's not true. That's not true. That's not my perspective. But I have to choose because there is a choice of what it is I'm going to allow myself to focus on. So I could yeah. turn on the news and look at all the negative and look at the new car bombing and this and that. And sure, should I be aware of that stuff? Yes. But the more I watch that, it puts in my head that fear that I am predominantly focusing on, even if it's subconsciously, to, that, yeah. to then walk out into the world and feel like if I walk past a certain man of a certain demographic on a street, on the street, I have to have an infe- I have to have a fear implicitly. Like a preconceived. I don't notion. like that. Yeah. I'd rather focus on rather than there being a war in, in between a country. I'd rather focus on the peace that's happening or the peace that was signed between two other ones. It's just it's just a simple shift of focus. Now you may yeah, say, oh, you dude. have to be aware. There's a lot of good. Okay, sure. For sure. But what you focus on expands, yeah. and that's just my decision I have to make for myself. It's like Jordan Peterson was talking about. You know, there are more more trees in North America than there were a um, hundred years ago. You told me that a couple weeks. ago. Dude, that's ago. insane. You told me that a couple weeks. And ago. No one talks about that though. Yeah. You right. know, it was like overall like poverty has decreased from like. 
I don't know. I'm just making up a number, like uh, an egregious number. Like it was like 30% or whatever back in the 1950s. Now it's like almost less than 10%. The overall poverty level? Of the world. Really? Yes. Wow. There, and it's like there, we have, what, what was the other statistic? We have more habitable landmass in, in in the world now than we did like a hundred years ago too. Yeah. Cause like there's like de-desertification. So there's more like. You could turn habit- into like developed land. Yeah. Wow. And I think that's incredible. Like nobody wants to talk about that mm-hmm. though. Like that's really cool stuff. Yeah. But I also think it's because like we've got like in America, we're very wasteful people, but we've also gotten really good at um, reforestification, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Like when you cut trees, we've gotten this really good to a good process to where we, we cut down lumber, we replant it and make sure that that's, that comes back quickly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So we've got- Dude, and there's a lot of good out there. Like, there really yeah. is. I mean, there's a lot of good things that a lot of good companies are doing that are motivated by people who have really good things that they're trying to accomplish. I think we're very like for- um, climate neutral being more more climate neutral i think there's a good awareness of that now i don't i don't think people are just like brushing it aside as we did maybe 10 20 years ago sure i think you look how many commercials there are of just like hey this is a recycled you know widget you know what i mean or Mm -hmm. this is a a, you know 100 percent recycled flip-flop or something Mm -hmm. but you see that so much now and i think that's so cool yeah you do or companies that have a mission like i love that too i love companies where you purchase something they donate x amount of proceeds towards like every dollar of everything you purchase i just hope they actually donate it yeah yeah right 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 and it's not well i mean who knows if it's like for tax benefit that thing too but you try to give people the benefit (laughs) try to give them the benefit of doubt but uh yeah i mean just kind of also going back to like the news as far as why it's tough for me to watch is also because um and this is going to be hard for me to explain. I fully understand it as much as I can comprehend within myself. It, it may not make 100% sense, but at the end of the day, there's nothing written in stone in our handbook of how life was supposed to turn out that says that we have to be at war with each other. In fact, if there was a handbook, right, if you want to call it any spiritual teaching, the Bible, um, the Quran, uh, the Bhagavad Gita, I want to say is how you say it. It's hard to say, but nonetheless, um, w- across the board with anything, any spiritual teaching, actually war is very frowned upon. It's not, it's, it's something where we're supposed to be collaboratively here working with each other. So it's hard for me to say, you know, like, do I have to have an opinion if we're actually faced with the real life situation of, hey, we might go to war with this country, this, this, and that, and I have family in the military or that was in the military. Sure, I could have an opinion about that. But I also know that behind even that veil, it's all an illusion in the sense of like, it's just egos between countries of people who lead those countries that has infected us as humans and greed has brought us to the point where we feel the need to denounce another country or another form of people in a certain demographic or area because of a different belief that they have or something that they're doing. World War II. It's crazy. I mean, you it know. really is just crazy to me that that's, that's literally as a human, as humans, what we <laughs> have evolved to in our world. And we've been doing it for so long fighting, you know, wars against each other, but there's no need to, there's no need to. And I just think that that's where ego does become the enemy and it slips in and greed literally festers and grows within us yeah. to the point where you have people who march and gather people in the name of violence and killing other people. Yeah. It makes zero sense to me. Unless it makes zero sense. Unless the aliens come. Unless the aliens come. Is that where is that really where we're gonna roll into? Don't get Jordan started. Do you wanna talk about pyramids? No. <laughs> and it's, how yeah, they weren't made one. by that's us? another one, man. Good stuff. <laughs> Good stuff. Chris, appreciate it as always. Jordan, Stevie, thank you. We'll see you guys next week. See ya. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Elevate Cleveland Podcast. 
Dominic, wrap it up for us. As Chris stated at the beginning of this podcast, we are licensed loan originators for the best mortgage company in the land. That is Liberty Home Mortgage. Guys, if you or anybody you know is looking to purchase or refinance a home, doesn't, doesn't matter if you've done this one, 10, or 100 times, call us, email us. The email is in the description below. Reach out to that email in the subject line. Put looking to purchase slash refinance a home. Whatever it is your goal is, Chris and I will reach out to you within 24 hours, and we look forward to helping you with whatever it is your specific home goal is. Thank you. Thank you.